0: And I'm glad I stayed. Right, right, Tuka. Yeah, Achari did score that goal. That's why I was glad to stay. See, she's she's tuned in. She knows. It's Barely in Topic. A podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm here with Anthony, Tim, and Jeff.
1: Word up. A-town hey, down.
0: <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs versus Boston Bruins series that continues to go on. And we're specifically going to talk about games four and five. Wow, that was a lot to get out. Okay, we're all done.
1: Find us on Sunspots,
0: did you? Perfect. We're all done. No. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling a little bit exhausted by this series. I really wanted it to wrap up quickly, and it's not doing that.
2: No, I mean, I originally called it to be a 7-gamer, and uh, after yesterday, well... Yes. I reckon it's gone to 7 games now.
0: Every time I saw a tweet that said, Oh, remember back in 2013, the Bruins went up 3-1, to and then... This isn't over yet. I'm like, oh, God, shut up. This is exactly why Jeff said we didn't want to get into this, because it's like the ghosts of 2013 have arisen. Ugh, God.
3: Literally jinxing us into a seven-game series. Shut just up. Make,
2: yeah, people need to make with the fucking off. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sometimes you don't need to say anything. People are already thinking about it
2: we were we're fucking aware thank you yes
0: <laughs> so why don't we get into that that game four which was at this point when was that that was um thursday night yes it was thursday night wow that was that was a great win and you know who won that game for the for the team
2: took, took a rask. motherfucking rask yes
0: yes yes he did because what happened was, Tuka said, guys, don't worry. I got this. Figure out your game. Okay? Figure it out. I'm just going to stand on my head for a while and do all this stuff. Yeah, I let in one goal, but I'm not going to let any more in, guys. I promise. But get your shit together. That's what he said.
3: Was Pretty sure it's
2: word for word. Yeah. You know, I, I also got some other tinfoil hatness about that game, I think.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
2: So, um, okay. So, so
1: uh,
2: Bergeron fairly abruptly, um, upper body injury that he can't, that that he couldn't play. Now, keeping in mind that, um, we know Bergeron has played when he was basically an old sack held together with duct tape in 2013, right? Yeah. So, um, you gotta reckon that's either (laughs) what, um, what kind of upper body injury would actually keep Bergeron out for one game in the playoffs based on that precedent
1: concussion uh, one game though tim like i
0: yeah i can't say it's concussion
1: but but cassidy said that he thinks he should be good for game six and if it was game seven he wouldn't say
2: well, well what i'm thinking though is i'm wondering if maybe bergeron not playing in game four and this is where he gets very tinfoil hatty. i wonder if that was actually mind games on the part of cassidy Basically, reckoning like, okay, you know, Babcock's going to have this big grand plan for his line matchups, right? And, and I saw right away when it, when it, when it announced that he was um, that, that that Bergeron wasn't playing, there were a bunch of people. It's like, okay, well, I wonder how this messes up with, with Babcock's line matchups. Some people took this very seriously. Others were like, pff, okay, yeah, hey, here line matchups just got easier without Bergeron, which is true. But if his entire game plan is structured around it, that drops a bit of a grenade on the system. So what I'm getting at is, like, did Cassidy maybe do that on purpose just to fuck with with Babcock on game four? Probably not, because that's ridiculous. But I don't know. What do you reckon?
0: I can see where (laughs) you're coming from with that, because there's no way it was a concussion. Um, Could he have had some, like, headaches? Could he have had a migraine? That's a very real thing that could happen, uh, and we all know that people who have had concussions, especially serious concussions in the past, will occasionally get the headache. And when you get that headache, there is nothing that.
2: Oh, I mean, when you have when you when you, when you have that concussion headache, there is nothing short of drugging yourself into a coma that that that, that helps it. So, in my experience, so I understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my um, my experience is to take something heavy like a heavy blanket, put it on my head and lay in a dark room. That's how it's helped me. Uh, I don't know why all of that helps, but it helps me. But when I get those things, oh, they fucking suck. So, you know, there's the thought that he could have had a concussion-like symptom. There's a thought, uh, so that the headaches I'm mostly talking about. He could have had a migraine or something. Um, but usually when you think of upper body, everybody go, and you're not specifying what it is. Everybody goes to concussion. But I don't think it was a concussion itself because I don't think one game's enough, especially with his history.
2: Yeah. And you wouldn't have been so abrupt unless they were deliberately sitting on it to play mind games with Babcock, which that I wouldn't rule out. But like there being no murmurs of it until basically 20 minutes before puck drop. Nope. You would, think, you would think that some beat writer would have picked up on this earlier, is what I'm saying, if it was uh, a bona fide injury. it's why I'm still wondering if it's uh, something fucky.
0: Well, what do you think about, um, like, uh, some torn cartilage or something? Because it, they kept showing a hit that he took from, like, I don't know, Placanix yeah, or pl- somebody? Placanix. Yeah.
2: Of course it was. Fucking turtleneck.
0: Um, and he hit him in a way that, like, it's like you could see where he might have You know, he might have sustained a little bit of damage or something. Let's face it, Patrice Bergeron is five years older than he was uh, in 2013. So I'm not saying he's brittle. I'm just saying, like, things affect you differently. That's all I'm saying. Um, So, God, it could have been anything. It could be mind games. It could be that he was actually injured or felt injured or they were evaluating something and they just didn't want to go into it.
3: I was thinking potential, like, collarbone bruise because of where the mechanics hit is. You know, it's in the shoulder, neck, head area, and that and the collarbone is just so unprotected that, you know, not a break, not a broken bone or anything, but just that kind of stinger that prevents your shoulder and, and, uh, well, I'm just, and arm I'm from just moving thinking,
2: around. But then Bergeron skating in Game 5, I didn't see anything that indicated that he was, you know, playing through injury or something either though
3: no no Well, i mean we couldn't really watch him take face-offs but that's for later
2: well that's you know not that's not not on him
3: though um uh...
0: yeah i don't know what's going on or what was going on with bergeron i took it at face value that it was something and i did not jump the gun and say oh concussion because you know it sounded kind of not like that that's that's all
1: I mean, just given his history, that's why I was thinking that because generally when they say upper body injury and they kept it so like tight to the vest, like no one knew until like 15 minutes before the game. it was like, hey, guess what? He's not playing.
0: Remember the very I'm sorry, Tim, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to remember one of my favorite um, things that Cassidy said about an injury. <laughs> and it happened right after game one. Uh, Not of the playoff series, game one of the regular season when he said, oh, yeah, Nolachari, he's got a, an upper body injury. Well, it's an upper body injury uh, normally, but if, you know, if he's waving at you at his feet, it's a lower body injury. <laughs> it was a broken finger. <laughs> I mean, that's true. So... I, look, I'm not, hey, I'm not saying you're wrong for saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I get it. You hear upper body injury. You don't hear something specific. You immediately think concussions. Nothing wrong with that. But I think that having the media speculate about that, which is what Nesson proceeded to do that night, because it was a shock. It was a surprise. They, they were speculating a little bit too much. And I think TSN was up in Canada as well. So it's like, you know what? You can't do that. I think that's a little, you know. But when we say it, it's totally fine because we're not really part of that. So, I don't know. In any case,
2: um, the Bruins were able to win that game somehow. (laughs) Besides, you know, obviously Tuka Rask was Tuka motherfucking Rask.
1: Yeah, they didn't deserve to win that game even a little bit.
0: They didn't the way they were playing But at some point they said, you know what, guys, why don't we actually go out there and play and win? And and you saw shades of that in the next game, which we'll talk about in a little while. But, you know, it's like I honestly I think there's um, there's something to be said for Toronto getting a little overconfident. And then the Bruins were just like, nah, I think I think it's time to score.
2: I I am starting to think pretty intensely at this point that there's definitely a a, a collinear relationship between um, uh, Krejci playing competently and the Bruins winning in the playoffs, it seems, because Krejci's two less-than-good games uh, went to Toronto. Krejci played played well in Game 4, is what I'm saying, which he hadn't done in Game 3 or in Game 4. In Game 5, rather, sorry. So Game 4, Krejci played well. And I think that's a big part. I mean, like you know, the the big, big goal there for DeBrusque, for example, who is a playoff machine. We should have all known that already, to be honest, uh, based on his his record in junior in the AHL.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you don't know it until you see it in the big the big club, right?
2: Well, I will say afterwards is when I thought about it. I was like okay, he's playing really well. I was like, well, he was on fire last year in the AHL playoffs, and he was. Crazy at the Memorial Cup in 2016. You know, it was, it was basically when he finally played really well after that awful testicular injury earlier in the se- earlier in his last junior season. That was ugly. Oh, the descriptions were just the most like mind mind curdling thing I'd ever
3: heard. Ugh.
0: Yeah. So, of course, you want multiple lines hitting. You want them to be playing well. You can't always rely on the top line to do everything, and we've seen that they've been shut out because they've been kind of slowing them down. So you you want Krejci to do stuff. He's the center of that line. DeBras- I mean, look, the players are doing a lot of things right, but they're just not getting on the score sheet either. Look at Rick Nash.
2: Look at poor fucking Rick Nash. Oh. The guy is all over the place, generating tons of chances, and he's got one goal, and it was during that blowout in game two. Like last night, he so deserved a goal last night from the from the puck drop. Ugh.
3: Yeah. To fans complaining that Rick Nash isn't doing anything, watch with a little more, little bit more intent. Because Rick Nash is, when Krejci's not playing well, it's Rick Nash driving that line. Because Jake Tabresk is playing as well as he does every game. He plays the same style of game, in and out, driving the net, playing hard, skating hard. Rick Nash is doing literally the same thing. You can praise debrus all you want, but you got to praise Rick Nash too, because he's playing the same way.
0: Right, right. Krejci's the one who's slowing that line down when he's not playing but, well. But, you know,
2: only really two games, yeah, because the games yeah. we've won, Krejci had
0: great games. I know, but what do we have to do to get crazy to put it together every game? <laughs> do we have to sacrifice something to the hockey gods? Are we not properly doing that?
2: You know what? It's a really hard thing to say because, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just, even, you know, talking in, like, real word terms, I'm not sure. Because, uh, okay, he played well in games one and two because uh, Bergeron, Bergeron Line devoured most of the Leafs skill, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but game three, he didn't have that. And game three, he was on fire as, uh, you know, having to play, ha- having to play more because, well, Bergeron was out. And Rick Nash is an imp... Oh! In, 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 oh, oh, you got something? I do! I don't know, th- I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, so... No, please. no, no,
0: okay, <laughs> oh, okay, ready? Maybe, maybe Bruce took Bergie out to spur the play of Krejci, because Krejci had to put it all together.
2: So we're going back to the deliberate scratching just not for the reason I originally proposed.
0: Okay. <laughs> Look, I I know. I I know it sounds it, found, it sounds fishy. I don't have anything to back that up, but I'm just saying that Krejci played demonstrably better in that game. Yes, he did. And he had to, <laughs> and he was not keep in mind he was not bumped up to the top line. The the top line was not the kreachy line. The top line had Riley Nash and Brad Marchand and David knock on it, which has been successful. It um you know it, it, but
2: it was successful. Pasta scored a goal that game, right?
0: Right, right. But I'm just saying, you know, th- we know the success of that line even if you take Bergeron out because Riley Nash is Bergeron light as uh, as Brad Marchand has described him. The the point is, is that Maybe Bergy wasn't feeling great. Maybe he was just feeling a little stuffy. Maybe a little sick. Maybe Bergeron wasn't feeling ready to go. And Cassidy was kind of like, well, could you go? And he's like, yeah, I could go. And they said, you know what? I'm going to leave you out, Burgie. I'm going to make Krejci. Krejci is going to have to work his ass off. Because when Krejci does that, and when Krejci is successful, we win. We know what you are, Burgie. We're not saying anything bad about you. We're just saying Krejci is the key here. Let's get him going. But then, Bergy came back, and everybody on that line's doing something, but Krejci just looked not so great at times. In game five, that is. But anyway, we're still just, we're supposed to be talking about game four. It, I was so happy with the result. I felt elated. I felt like, wow, this is the game that Tuka just said, you know what, haters, just just watch. I'm going to show you what I can do. And then he gave his, time, his team time to come back and, and win that game. You know? And they figured it out. It like, and it's frustrating because the things they figured out in that game are the things that they forgot all about in the next game.
3: Yeah. Game four's victory was the kind of victory that's like, fuck it. We're just going to go home and win Game 5. Oh, I was so now I know confident what I, going into Game 5.
2: I was I too. I was, like, my thought after Game 4 was like, okay you're a team like toronto you will lose a game like that that breaks your spirit so i that's the only reason i had confidence going into game five but at the same time i did kind of expect the Bruins to blow it but it was hard to picture a team coming back to win a series after that kind of loss yeah like a team where you a a team where where your team runs the table the other team is missing their best player and then you still lose and then and then yesterday happened
0: Even though the Bruins took their time about figuring out how to get through Toronto, they never at any point were losing that game, I guess we'll say. So that was really, that was nice. It was a wonderful thing to see. That's not what happened last night. Now, before we get into Game 5, I think Anthony had something to say. He requested a rant.
3: Yeah, so Tuka was great in Game 4. Literally stole the game. Some Boston Bruins fans, they don't think Tuka can steal games. Guess what he did? Shut up.
2: Those fans are also probably illiterate, though.
3: That's why I'm speaking this. You don't have to read this. Tuca Rask can steal games. He can, he can play in big games, which was game four.
0: Uh, and, 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 you know, I do want to point out that uh, most of those people who say that Tuka cannot steal games, they spell his name all sorts of wrong with one U or one K or two A's or an F. I don't know. Let's, let's go over the, the spelling. It is two U's. Two Ks. two K's, two points.
2: Yeah, there's even there's a, there's an entire mnemonic device here. Come on, um.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was fun seeing that the other night when like you know it's like Emily Benjamin is saying some stuff and then Ty Anderson's like I I refuse to res- to respond to people who can't spell his name right. I mean, come on, <laughs> there's a handy way to remember
3: it. <laughs> two U's, two K's, two spelling errors. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but, but, but back to the at ra- the, the, the hand here so game 5 Tuka Rask he, the whole team lays an egg but Tukaresk also lays an egg the goal against Bozak he's gotta have he's, he's just gotta have it you know what it's okay for goaltenders to have bad games that wasn't a critical it wasn't game 7 where we lost the whole series because of Rask it doesn't fit your narrative for To have have to have a great game And then a bad game It doesn't make well, him a shit goaltender oh, and, and this then... nonsense About goaltenders winning cups Makes them great Fucking shut up Seriously shut up Antinami's a shit goaltender He was in Chicago But that team was so fucking stacked It didn't matter Shut up
0: Do you know who was pulled from a game recently Like their last game Against Colorado. Pecorino. Pecorino. Vesna finalist was pulled from the game and they still lost the game, by the way. Just wanted to point that out. This happens to goaltenders and it's not just finished goaltenders. Goaltenders are fluky and sometimes they have a bad game. But when they have a bad game, they get pulled. If Patrice Bergeron has a bad game, what, what am I saying? Patrice Bergeron doesn't have a bad game. But, you know, if David Krejci has a bad game, he doesn't get pulled. He still has to play through it, but he's not on the ice for 30, 60 minutes, so that's different. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. Anti-Nami.:
3: Yeah, is not a good goaltender, and when he left that powerhouse in Chicago and went first to San Jose, I think he won what? One playoff series. It wasn't, it wasn't great. He didn't play great there. Then he went to
2: they made it to some second
3: rounds, I think.
0: But it wasn't, it wasn't great. They decided they wanted to get rid of him when they got Jones.
3: Yeah, who went to Dallas and then couldn't beat out, fuck, Cary for the starting yeah, job. Yeah, he was
2: actually worse than and Lettinen in the time that they were together. How fucked up is that? <laughs> yes,
3: but, so according to some fans, Tuka is worse than Antinami. No, shut up. Just shut you know, up. You know,
2: you, know, you know what's the rebuttal to give to them? Ask those same fans if they think that Henrik Lungfist and Carrie Price are also garbage goaltenders.
3: Yep, they got a combined zero cups between the two of them.
2: And there's approximately zero chance now of Lundqvist getting one at all. Yeah. I'd say prices aren't much better, but he's young enough that there's still a hope.
0: I did not think that we had to judge goaltenders based on a, a bunch of series that they won in 2010 with a stacked team. Basically, you can't say that a goaltender is great. Like, you couldn't say Matt Murray... Was a great goaltender, and you still you still can't call him a great goaltender when he's got a team that has a full uh, a lot of talent and continually wins cups. He he's part of it, but he's not awesome. He's good enough, and you know what? He sure is. If Tuca didn't do some really heroic stuff in 2013, they wouldn't have gotten to the Stanley Cup final. And what he we gave need- up two goals
2: over a series
0: against the Pens, right? And they were. a they were fucking hard to beat too, and they and that they was did it.
2: A, that because that was a good Pens team, remember? Because that was a Pens team that went crazy at the deadline because they picked up. Well, they scooped us twice that deadline, right? For both uh, Brendan Morrow and, uh, and 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 of course, Ginla. Yep. And the Bruins just caved them in. Why? Because Rask held them to two goals over four games. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I still love that one game. I think it was the final game the of the sweep where. <laughs> Adam McQuaid was your game winner one goal scored and he did it and oh that was fantastic but I don't I don't understand the purpose of being a fan and constantly shitting on your goalie I just don't get it
3: I don't either
2: like okay if your goalie is objectively bad yes if, if your goalie is if you, if you if you for some reason your team thinks that you should be dressing Carrie Layton in as your starter okay that's fine but like that's not rask
0: no no nope. no you know, um, the the goaltender that was playing against uh, uh, the Preds the other night was uh, Andrew Hammond, who hadn't really played a game. Oh, they're
2: getting hamburgled. That sucks. Speaking as Bruins fans, we're familiar with getting hamburg- ham- hamburgled, aren't
0: we? Right, but he um, hasn't played a significant game since 2015.
2: You mean since he hamburgled us, yeah.
0: <laughs> Even the really good goaltenders can look shitty in you know, the great goaltenders can look shitty in comparison to a guy who just gets hot. And that's yeah. what that's what happened with Antti Niemi. He got hot. Matt Murray regularly gets hot at the right time. Looks like Braden Holtby is going to get hot at the correct time after having a shitty year. And that's just the way of goaltending. But I really don't understand how people can still be fans and they can just shit on their goalie or a very specific player all the time. Yeah, we make fun of some players. We have said some terrible things about Kevin Miller. We have apologized about that because we were wrong. And uh, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, this person is a shitty player. I will say, yeah, that person had a terrible night. That player, bad night. Like, Krejci, where are you? We need you to be all the way around all the time. And Tuka, we need you to have good games. Come on.
3: And I would... I would argue that game four is a bigger game than game five because of the fact that if Toronto wins both home games, now they have a lot more life going into game five. They could take a series lead if they win game four. And that puts the Bruins on their heels to go into game six and win, win a road game because you have to, mm-hmm. but he st- he steals that game. Now you're up three, one. Now, there, now there's some breathing room. If you drop game five, you can still, you still have two shots to win and close out the series, but it's not as critical. So Tukarask wins the bigger game in game
0: four. Game five, which was played last night. I really hate that the Bruins did not take the opportunity to close the casket on this one. They just let, they, they, they let the Leafs just in, just, Tuka had a bad night. Krejci disappeared. The other linemates were doing things, you know, you you had two goals last night. In your comeback, that, that fell short. You had two goals last night that came from your fourth line, which is great. I love the sky line. They're fantastic. But you need other people. You need other players on other lines to figure this stuff out, too. And the defense. Oh, the defense. No. Charlie had a bad night.
3: I mean, I'm wondering if Charlie Mack is playing with a brace on his knee. You've got a coworker who played hockey, you know, recreationally in leagues similar to what Nick does. And he was saying some of the moves McAvoy's making, because he would wear a knee brace constantly, had to, he's in his 50s. You know, just some of those moves he's making, you can't do if you've got a knee brace on. And it's slowing him down, you know, to turning to get to the puck and things like that. So it makes me wonder if the knee injury McAvoy came back from isn't really correct yet.
0: I think it's hard to come back from knee injuries, even a, just a, a sprain. Uh, you're not really right for a while.
1: I wonder if that's got anything to do with him falling all over the place. I feel like he takes a tumble on every shift at this point.
0: He definitely yeah. did last night and I was at one point I was like is the ice just shitty? <laughs>
1: well, that's the other thing. I it, it it felt like I don't know, it felt like that the Bruins as a team last night fell a lot and overskated pucks an awful lot. So, I don't know if that was them being over anxious or whatever, or the ice just being shitty last night. Because I know they have to go th- back and forth between the ice and the court right now for the Celtics.
0: It was also a, a, a day that got into the 60s in Boston, finally. That's you know, true, too. And it was, you know, there's like different humidity conditions, and, uh, you know, uh, there are lots of things that happen. And, and being in a very humid place right near the water. It's right on the water. It wouldn't surprise me if the ice is not ideal. It's not like Honda Center ice, but it's... We have some shitty ice at times. We do. I'm just... I'm disappointed. I wanted to feel like elation. I wanted to feel great coming off of that that game four where I felt fantastic. And then game five happened. And halfway through it, I said, I can't watch anymore. And then I did. I did. I watched it. um, And I'm glad I did but I just wish that the Bruins would have capitalized more on their chances.
1: Something I've noticed, too, um, that happened last night, and I've been noticing it a couple games, is at the end of periods, maybe the last two and a half to three minutes of periods, the Bruins will go on like crazy stretches where they'll dominate the Ozone time and get a bunch of shots off in a relatively short period of time. And then... Seemingly cut up come up short because they just kind of run out of time at the end of the period because they like started the surge so late in the period Then to start the very next period they seem to come out so like flat So that it's not carrying over from the end of a period to the start of the next it, And then it takes you know 15 minutes for them to gear back up and do the same thing over again And it's like rinse and repeat the same thing yeah, yeah, no, uh, I actually
0: wrote in my notes for last night at the end of period one, lackluster. That was my, that's how I summed up uh, their play. You know, this was after Janssen had scored, or Janssen, whatever his name is. Ah. And Janssen, then,
2: and it drives me nuts.
0: It I'm does. Sorry. No, it <laughs> it does, it does, because I don't know Swedish and stuff. But, and it looks like Johnson with an extra S. You know, but It, it what's really interesting is... Um, Last night, there were a couple penalties that Rick Nash drew for slashing. Each time it was slashing, and it was hilarious. I don't know what his stick is like, but it's easily slashed and broken.
1: (laughs) It's like it's made of plastic or something. My gosh.
0: I feel
3: like plastic is stronger.
2: No, plastic would just explode. My guess is someone out there is running around with an axe, and no one's actually noticed, and somehow the refs didn't catch it.
0: But each time, it's just like he, his stick gets slashed, he lets go of the, the stick, his hands go up, and the, and the guy would get called for slashing. It was brilliant. I loved it.
2: I mean, at least one of them that wasn't even him, like, you know, deliberately drawing a penalty because his stick was chopped right in half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, in my notes, I wrote in the beginning of the second, ready? Have these Bruins played together before? <laughs>
2: Just well, from about mid-second onward, the answers are pretty unambiguous, yes. But, you know, it would <laughs> nice if they figured it out a little earlier.
0: They had a whole period to figure it out. And they should have come out in the second going, Hey, we figured some things out. But they didn't. They just looked like they had never played together. Like I, like they came out of the room and they were completely different people.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, the thing about this game, too, is, like, the Bruins distro- d- destroyed the Leafs on the shot count, right? yeah. Like, like we're we're talking ridiculous. It was a uh, you know uh, forty five to twenty one shots on goal
3: for the Bruins, um, twenty five to nine in uh, scoring chances. I think
2: something like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's okay. So yes, um, Rask needed to be better. Um, that said, of course, of those goals that the Bruins gave up, um, really only one of them, the Bozak one, is embarrassing. Like, no goalie has a hope on that. Uh, Connor on that Connor Brown one and the Janssen one wasn't much better, and well, you know what, those were all the team. We oh. lost this game, the Bruins lost this game, not even on playing badly for the entire first. They lost this game on forgetting how to handle stretch passes for a cumulative of about 45
1: seconds of the game. <laughs> uh, God. The other thing I want to say, though, about the Bruins' scoring chances is, especially uh, last night, is they were kind of easy to stop chances they they weren't getting as much bodies in front of anderson as they had in the first couple games and anytime they had bodies in front the puck was being blocked before it got to him So it seemed like a lot of the scoring chances they had were just shots straight on where he has time to set up. And it's hard for any goal. I mean, even the worst goalie is going to stop a lot of those chances.
2: Well, that's, that's a good point. Like, Anderson had a great game. Obviously, he faced a million and a half shots. But he had less, you know, hanging on by the skin of his teeth, spectacular, oh, my God, this man has at least an entire herd worth of horseshoes jammed up his ass right now get saved like in game three <laughs>
0: uh, on that five on three that happened in the what was it? the second period or is that yeah yeah
3: i think it's the second the what? most infuriating minute 34 i've ever watched this year
0: they had three people out there but it seemed like they had six i mean this is the only game they've played so far that they haven't had too much man <laughs> on the ice but it, it it just like it was like no toronto why are you figuring out how to defend right now
3: they didn't, they didn't have to defend, though. Too many times it was either Krejci down low or Krug up high. Just held onto the puck for too long. Just move it around that perimeter and watch them make a mistake and then send a pass through the ice and you fucking that, shoot it.
2: There were actual times they held off on the slap shot that I think the right choice would have just been to fire rubber from fire rubber as hard as you could. Yeah. Um. Because clearly trying to be cute didn't work.
3: Put it well, in yeah, there was... and jam.
0: Oh, that was so frustrating. It's like, Pasta at one point... I was going to
1: say, a couple times Pasta did it.
0: Yeah, like, he he passed to Brad. I'm like, no, just shoot! You don't have to do that. Brad didn't have a better shot than you. Don't get too cute, guys. You're not going to win that way.
1: And then when finally Pasta realized, oh, I should just shoot, Zaitsev just came and, like, fell on the ice and was like, hey, I'm going to trip you with everything that I have. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) That was so hilarious because it's like the NBC crew couldn't figure it out. Like, no, it was Zaitsev. It was his stick.
1: He definitely just, like, laid there flat on the ice and swirled his stick like a fucking wand and tripped him. It was very, very evident. Like, what are you doing? And then he sent the wrong guy to the box
0: and then they had to figure that out. And it was just like, I'm like, you're giving them time. Stop doing this. Why can't you figure this out? It was super easy. And, like, after a while, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. You got somebody in the penalty box. Just go.
1: (laughs) And something else with the refs that I've noticed this series in particular. Like, it seems like I've never seen refs get in the way more of play than i have this series it seems like they're always like in the way of the puck in the way of a player like they're just like it's like they don't know where to stand and they're just like getting in the way and i'm just like what are you doing have you ever refed before like get out of the way
3: I'll, i'll preface this full stop the officiating is not costing bruins wins it's not costing toronto wins both teams when they lose they lose for their own reasons. But the officiating's awful. It's, it's so awful. I
2: was going to say, that it's said, the officiating's so been a fucking awful. joke.
3: What the fuck is happening on faceoffs? Bergeron won two clean draws late in the third period. Clean wins, puck dropped in the center of the fucking dot, and it was blown dead. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Drop the puck. Fucking let's go. Yeah. At the, what, and
2: at the end of the game, what the fuck were the Leafs pulling there with that? Like, is it going to be Kadri? Is it going to be Bozak? Oh, no, they're all tossed at Zach Hyman now. What the fuck were the refs and the Leafs doing there?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't understand this whole, like, I'm going to police these face-offs now. Like, holy shit. Like, since when is this a thing?
3: I mean, um, Martian can drive Marner's head into the ice no-call. Kadri can... And this is... Fuck, it pissed me off. Deliberate. Deliberate elbow to the back of Jake DeBrusque's head. He had enough time to look, assess the situation, and still manage to cross-check him in the back of the fucking head. You're not gonna police that. Whatever, it's playoff hockey. Shit happens. But let's micromanage the ever-living shit out of face-offs? What are you doing? What are you... Stop preseason... Just go. Play. Play hockey.
1: Let them play and get out of the fucking way. Holy shit. There was a couple times where pucks are, like, kept in zones on either side because the ref's just, like, standing there. Like, yeah, this is a good game, isn't it? Like, what? (laughs) Like, I've never seen a ref, like, get in the way more. Like, it's weird that, like, you'd actually... Like, I've never actually noticed it before, like, this much. And it's just... Maybe I'm just paying attention to it more, but it's just awful.
0: Well, they're just awful. They're, they're, they're blatantly awful at, at this, this officiating thing during this series. Uh, and like you said before, like we said last week, you know, the Bruins aren't losing because of this. It's just frustrating to watch because we have to watch this shit and deal with it and process it. And it's like, we just want to watch the fucking game. I would like to know from game to game, what are you going to call? Because it's like, I know you're going to call slashing, and you did that. You did a good job of that last night. You called all the slashings. Good for you. But other than that, it's just like, you know, it's like, it's a mystery, really. Like,
1: I'm fully prepared to watch the game on Monday and expect, like, like one or two power plays for Toronto and none for Boston. Like that's what I'm fully prepared for because that's how it's kind of gone in Toronto is one or two penalties called the entire game.
0: Oh, but, but remember the Toronto fans say that all the calls go for Boston. They never go for the Maple Leafs. Wow. Even when they fucking
2: win. Oh my God. You know, you know, The officiating has been so bad this series. You know what, at this point, you better you, you, you just put NHL, put fucking Tim Peel in there.
3: Because it couldn't be worse. Classic Tim Peel. I think he <laughs> is doing some
0: series somewhere.
1: Somewhere. Um. So, some message to Toronto fans. I know you haven't won in like a long time, but there are teams in other sports that didn't win forever, and they were able to play the lovable loser very well. The world wasn't against them. They were just like, oh, well, we found another way to lost." It's happened many times. You are not that at all. Learn to be the lovable loser because what you are now is absolute shite. Oh, you see, if you're the most
2: valuable and, like, you know, narrative-dominating team in the league, regardless of how shitty or good your team is, your fans have no right to bitch and moan.
3: No, the war room is literally
2: in your your town. Your team happens to be owned by a media consortium that also controls the entire broadcast rights in Canada for the league. So, you know, like, if there's going to be a conspiracy involving a team, involving a team get benefits, that's a big if. Guess
0: which team of this series is going to be the one getting
1: it.
3: Boston because Batman likes the Americans.
0: You know what? Maybe the maybe the Leafs fans are just mad. They're very angry about this one fact. Most Leafs fans can't get tickets to games. They're incredibly hard to come by, and I can't even imagine what it must be like in the playoffs. Imagine if your ownership group encouraged the use of corporate basically corporate buying of tickets so that they can impress their I don't know, clients or whatnot, and you couldn't get a ticket. Or, you know, the the few tickets they allowed to go to the public were so expensive they couldn't afford it, so they have to go down to Boston to watch the game. Or... Let's see. Um, yeah, there's all the resale ones. Like they decided that they don't want the regular fans to get it at a, at a regular price. They're going to sell to the resellers who will jack up the price so much. So I can understand why you guys are pissed off in a way, because you guys never get to go to the games without spending. I don't know how much of your monthly salary to go. Now,
2: interestingly, this is a problem at the ACC in general. They're like one of the worst arenas for regulating um, uh, bulk purchase as well. Oh, because it was a big, big deal. Like during the um, you know year, almost two years ago now, during the Tragically Hips final concert, they had two concert tour. They had two shows at the ACC. And granted, this is a problem a lot of their shows, but this one especially was sold out in about 35 seconds, and it was mostly to bulk purchasers.
0: Yeah. So it's like, I guess I'd be pissed off if you're, you know, If the people controlling your franchise decided that all these other people deserve tickets and not just any old random fan. Anthony, I know you had a point.
3: Counterpoint to Toronto fans being pissed off about not being able to buy tickets. um, The Bruins owner is Jeremy Jacobs,
1: or now, (laughs) now
3: part of the Jacobs family. So eat one, I guess. Like, we know. We know what that's like. It sucks to watch well, your owner go on so... TV and blah, 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 complain about players make too much. We don't make enough money off merchandising and ticket sales. So, pff, yes, you do. Shut up.
0: Fans go to those games. They do. But in Toronto, I don't think it's the same way. Yeah, it's something else interesting. I've been
2: finally watching this course. I, I, I've been watching on, uh, on on Game Center Live in Canada because it's in Canada. We get playoff games, which is nice. Yay. Now, it isn't broadcasting the Nesson broadcast. It is calling the NBC1 the national broadcast, and the Rogers slash CBC broadcast is being called routinely the home broadcast. Mind you, Game Center Live in Canada is administered by Rogers, so this is unsurprising. But again, Rogers owns the Leafs. Like, I'm not trying to make to, to, to make a, some big conspiracy theory on this. I'm just like, there's a lot. I'm just ranting about things in general that annoy me here. Yep. Because they're they're that. clearly trying to steer visibility, of people that are paying Game Center Live, and it knows that I'm a Bruins fan and make a, a Bruins fan. And it is still like, even it's just that framing bugs me, and like you better believe I'm not watching a Sportsnet or CBC broadcast of a Bruins Leaf series because the only person that's even going to try to make sense of it make sense on that broadcast is going to be Don Cherry, and he's not capable of it either. But at least he will be putting in the good old, the old college try.
3: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's hate. He can't make sense of it only because he's Don Cherry, not because of other reasons.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just lacks the tools.
3: <laughs>
0: All right, guys. So what do we think is going to happen with Game 6?
1: <laughs> well, breaking, breaking news. According to Emily Benjamin, Tukarask will start tomorrow. <laughs> you
0: know, I'm not I'm not that surprised by that.
1: Just <laughs> like you don't
2: reckon, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I think Tuke is going to have a better game tomorrow. He he can't have a worse. I think
2: so. He 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 came out after, you know, a not stellar performance on 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 the last uh, last Monday and, and went crazy on Thursday, right? I think we're going to see the same thing. He'll bounce back and just like crush bones.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried. But uh, you know, what do we, so we think we think is going to come back and he's going to be like, "Don't poke the bear!" and all the other stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't
2: I don't necessarily know – I don't want to make a bold call on the Bruins winning this game because I, I just I, – I, I sense a game seven right now. But I desperately want them to put the, put the leaves in their fucking grave tomorrow.
0: Of course I do. I I know. That's why I didn't say what What do you hope happens because, yeah. you know, that's pretty obvious. We know that, you know. Well, but- look, my point is neither of those is what I think. One's,
2: that I, one's what I feel and one's what I hope. I honestly, honestly don't know which one I think. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know what? I I hope and I think that Krejci's going to be better tomorrow because he's been in this league long enough to know like that what whatever he was doing that game wasn't really um, cutting it, but his line line mates were really trying to make it happen. Well, so, as I he said, he's being given the tools
2: around him to to do to do things right. Krejci just needs to fucking do them. <laughs>
0: So he had an off game, took a an off game. I expect them both to come back and and be playing a lot better. I'm not worried about DeBrusk. DeBrusk is doing everything he can and I'm not really re- worried about uh Rick Nash. You know, I think the fourth line is going to bring it I worry a little bit about the third line, and I'm really just hoping that the defense shores up, because I really, you know, last night you had a return to form in the respect that you had, like, Krug and McQuaid, I think, right? And you had Grizz and Miller.
2: And Grizz and Miller were great last night. Right. Yeah, they both
0: were. Right. So it's like everybody else has to get a little bit better, including the top pairing of Chara and 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 charlie charlie just had a bad game and i'm hoping i think fast
1: that fast. might have been charlie's worst game as a pro last night to be honest yeah, easily yeah i th- I expect the bruins on mon- tomorrow to come out with like intensity i expect them to come out fast strong and try to kind of <clears throat> start out quick which is something they haven't done The last few games is start out quick and hard. And I mean, I know crew got that goal early on game four, but still I I expect them to score relatively early. And I expect them to score often. I expect them to take advantage of the least a lot, even though it's in Toronto. I'm expecting a Bruins winning game six.
0: Block those stretch passes. Don't let them do it. They're, they're just things that you can do here. Just come on, Bruins. You know I, what? I don't want to have to go to seven games. Let's do it.
1: I don't want to have to go to seven games. And also, I think if the Bruins get out ahead like one, two, one or two goals early, I think they'll frustrate Toronto enough into like giving up. I'd like that. I, I think they can do that because it kind of showed, even though it was on the road, in... Game One and Two, once Toronto got down, they kind of were like, "Oh shit, we're gonna lose this one. Might as well like, you know, stop. I kind of expect that. if I don't I don't think the that Toronto has the mental makeup that the Bruins do. And I think it's important for the Bruins to start out and score first. There's actually a stat that I saw last night about that. This series has gone.
2: The first score, team that scored first, has won every game.
1: Yeah, um, but there was something beyond that that I saw. Like it was like this year when the Bruins score first, they were twenty nine two and six in the regular season. This year, when the opponent scores first in the regular season, they were twenty one eighteen and six. So scoring first has been big for them, and of course they're three and zero when scoring first in the playoffs. So. I think that's that's key.
3: I wonder if breaking up the top line and putting Rylan Ash back there throws a serious wrench in the in the Mike Babcock experience.
0: I was gonna suggest that earlier. When um, when Jeff had put out his uh, tinfoil helmet theory there. <laughs> the
3: tinfoil hockey helmet?
0: Yeah the, t- yeah, the tinfoil hockey helmet theory out there. I was going to suggest that, but I decided to table that. So good. I gl- I'm glad you said that because I don't feel insane. <laughs> you know,
2: it's not a bad idea because, like, Babcock has spread Matthews, Nylander, and uh, Marner out, all out across three
0: lines now. And there's so nothing there's saying something you don't start that out that way and then switch it back at some point if it's not, really not working.
2: Because, like, that third line right now could really use some more jump. Yep. I mean, I've also say I, I think the time is to, to scratch Heinen and try to play Donato for a game or two is is, is now as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: Heinen's been Heinen played right under, Heinen the played whole under 10 minutes
2: yeah. yesterday. That's... that's you can't have a third someone playing ostensibly on your third line playing under 10 minutes.
3: No, no, I bet There's you There's no that... fucking
2: point if you are, yeah. <laughs>
3: can I just say, can we just swap out Donato for Heinen? Because Heinen and Hyman is really messing with my brain. <laughs> I don't like that.
2: I can't imagine how the closed
1: capture would handle that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and imagine having to deal with Mannheim.
1: God damn it, Mannheim. <laughs>
0: what what was Mannheim? what was it
1: supposed to be we don't know
0: heinen but we don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's a mystery but it was it's a hilarious mystery Uh, all right okay so
2: we've we've probably beaten this horse by now
0: yes we have yes we have so i i think that uh, let's hope for a win tomorrow night uh, Because I would like it to end in six But I did have it in my bracket Going to seven By the way, thank you to everybody who filled out a bracket We have we have so many brackets That, that are filled out In our uh, barely on topic uh, Bracket Spectacular And I just wanted to thank everybody for that Because it is fun I love it, I'm not doing well And I don't care <laughs> yep.
2: Current leaders are um, uh, Tim and Ben with 46 points
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just not <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm
2: behind uh, I'm behind by 3 cuz I miscalled how many games it would take for the for Tampa to beat New Jersey. But
0: uh I've gotten none of the games right. The I was right that there were two sweeps going to be in the Western Conference. I just got the wrong series. Mandy's having a bad uh I think she just purposely picked them that way, you know. Uh, just so that she could have a bracket that looked really good in the other one, so. Yeah, like like the West uh yeah the west was easy to call i think that's part of
2: why a lot of people are doing quite well in the, in there right now
0: yeah i messed up on the anaheim sharks one but whatever it wasn't it, it really wasn't going to affect me going forward that much my, my,
2: i have a feeling my, my bracket's going to fall apart because of the metro possibly today because um i almost certainly got called the philly pittsburgh wrong um
0: I'm just enjoying those two sets of teams just beating the shit out of each other. It's great. Oh, it's,
2: a, it's just, it's just just a pair of meat grinder series. Yep. Which is,
0: <laughs> it's fine with me, but anyway, I wanted to thank people for that. I, I did not take the time to do it before. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's really great fun. I hope that everybody's, looking at it and not getting down about it because this is supposed to be fun. We It's speculative. No one could possibly know the future unless you were in Back to the Future and you had a sports almanac and went back into the past. and.
2: Great Scott.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, this week, Brad Marshan, you know how much we love Brad, he had uh, an article in the Players' Tribune and, you know, we learned a lot of things about him. But I want to just, uh, I want to, I wanna start off by reading this to you. I did link this by the way in our, our our um Twitter and our Facebook so that people can and probably have read it. So basically he states that he he learned that about point zero one percent of kids playing hockey in Canada would go to the NHL and that determined his style of play. I know there's a lot of people who didn't who don't like it, and I will be the first to tell you that it's a fine line. I have done things that have stepped over that line and I've paid the price for it. But you know what? There's a lot of people out there in the hockey world who love to say winning is everything. It's the only thing. But do they really mean it? How far are they willing to go? Maybe it was my size or just the way I was born. But I've always felt like you have to be willing to do anything, literally anything, in order to win. Even if that means being hated. Even if it means carrying around some baggage. I was meant to play for the city. I believe that.
1: Boom. And he's so right that he was meant to play for this city because if you look at some other athletes in this town that have played and been successful and people have taken a liking to, case in point, Dustin Pedroia, they're about the same size, they're both kind of people that are agitating and people love to hate, and they both have rings in Boston.
2: And, you know, other heroes in this city You got, you know, Gronk Who's just like the the, the buffoon's buffoon, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is endlessly entertaining I mean, he now owns steak And a, a, a Kentucky Derby horse named after him <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you
0: know, another thing that I, I wanted to point out about Brad was he uh, he took the time to talk about people who've helped him in the various ways. Basically, Greg Campbell helped him out a lot. So did Chris Kelly. Bergy, it's very obvious. Uh, Zidane Tara, of course. And then Claude Julien. And these are the words that Claude Julien said to him. I love this.
2: Oh, this was delightful.
0: <laughs> I want you to look at Patrice and do everything exactly like he does it. You're not going to be the best player on the ice every single night because Patrice is going to be the best player on the ice every single night. So I want you to be the second best. Oh, my God. I think Brad just like swallowed that up, internalized it, and he he lives it, you know, because he even admits that Patrice, like like being Patrice Bergeron is probably the best thing ever. You know, he's said that on other occasions. This is where Brad is humble because he knows he's not the best player. Even when there are nights where it's like he just blows Run away with, you know, with scoring or assists or whatever. Bergie's still the better player. And and Brad has internalized that. What do you think about that, guys?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's definitely taking that to heart. I, don't, I think he's taking it to heart, not only um on the ice, but off the ice as well. If you kind of know if you kinda of look over the years, yeah. And he even mentioned it. You know, when they won the Stanley Cup, he was a young twenty something year old kid who was just having a good time, but now he's father Brad.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. He he wrapped that uh that article up by stating that,
1: you know. Let's talk about how he had to be called and told to get the fuck out of town. After- <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who did that. Like, which one of them was like, all right, guys, you got to get out of town. Uh, I,
2: I read that. I read I read Cam between the lines there, personally.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> who? Cam?
2: I, yeah, I think Cam.
0: I, that's what I thought. But, uh, you know, some people are speculating that it's Sean Thornton. I didn't really focus that much on that, so I don't really know. I mean, I, I
2: just thought that's delightful that, that that they got told to get the fuck out of town <laughs> while they were trying to live up to the Patrick Kane standard of post a um, uh, cup uh, of a post cup partying. Which so they were building up to assaulting a cab driver. Uh, Luckily, it never reached that.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not going to fault anybody for partying and having a great time, especially after they win like the hardest trophy to. Win and they don't nearly get paid enough money to win that, but that's okay. I'm not going to fault him for any of that. We know that it was youthful indiscretions and whatnot, and nobody, no, nobody was harmed in any of this that we know of, so that's fine.
2: I I, I actually found it interesting also that Brad didn't specifically mention Mark Recce. Yeah, that's true.
0: But I, I think Reckey had a lot, a lot more to do with like a uh, Bergie. But in on it, the other hand, way. but
2: like, but like. Recky was always a bit of a nuisance too, right? Because he's, he's a smallish guy, just, you know, built like a bowling ball.
0: Maybe he just didn't have that kinship with him. Or maybe he that's forgot not, him.
2: That's maybe the case. I mean, they only played together for a season, right? It's not like Bergy would played with uh, Recky for over two.
0: Yeah. So. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people. He he was just probably coming up with the ones that really meant a lot to him. And, and there's no there's no harm or foul in not mentioning other people. It's fine, but... I just think it's great. All right, uh, any more to say on the on Brad and that that article? I mean, it, it couldn't have come out at a better time. It really couldn't. The
2: the only thing I wish he'd talked about was sort of how he seems to have how the process of really embracing the heel the heel recently lately. But you can only expect so much, I
0: guess. You he's got to save something for the the memoir or autobiography. Okay, he can't reveal all this stuff right now. He's got to sit back and reflect upon it. Uh, with, like, a scotch and a cigar way off in the future, okay?
2: I I do hope someday we find out that he em- embraced it after extensive consultation with, Rick, with Ric Flair himself. That would be fun. That would be fun. I oh, wouldn't rule that out as not just being my fantasy. That feels like something that might have happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you
2: never know. One day. One day we'll know.
0: All right, guys, I think we should wrap this up. So... Who wants to tell people all sorts of stuff because um, they want to do that?
2: You're listening to Barely On Topic. You can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, rate us five stars on whatever medium you're listening to and tell your friends, all of them. Shout it from the r- r- rooftops. Be, be one of those people that evangelicalizes for, uh, for a podcast on our behalf. You of course also can reach out to us on social media um, at Barely On Topic on uh, Twitter and on Facebook at Barely On Topic Podcast. And of course, always um, buyer beware. But you uh, can you know seek us out on our personal accounts. I'm of course uh, at Doctor Hand Grenade on Twitter. I'm Carved
1: Base 18. I'm at Tim A Richardson.
0: I'm at Nola Chari's biggest fan. <laughs> I'm at BA. <VA. laughs> From (laughs) R.I.
1: If you would be that, I'd be at I'm Miss Svetty.
3: If that were the case, mine would be O.E.L. to Boston (laughs)
1: PLC.
0: And now that we've totally ruined Jeff's perfectly fine outro, what would yours be, Jeff. Ah, oh, heavy sigh. Yes, at heavy sigh. <laughs>
3: Jeffs <laughs> would be at keep BOT on topic.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listeners, you see what I have to put up with? <laughs> so, uh, tune in later this week for the stirring conclusion of this playoff series. Mm-hmm. Tim, take us out. Richie is
1: lost in the Triton.